1: Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I am back. And I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Mo and I were in the woods again, I know, no surprise there, when we heard a strange sound. It was like laughter... But the thuds that accompanied the laughter were a little worrying. Mo did not seem too impressed with her tail between her legs. Because we did not want to stumble into anything, well, something we didn't want to stumble into, we peeked behind the trees. It was amazing. There, not thirty feet away, was a young troll and a baby giant playing catch. I watched for a little while, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I knew it was a troll because of the extraordinarily long nose and the huge eyes. That and it was made up of sticks, rocks and mud. And when the wind changed direction blowing towards us it smelled terrible. The giant also had a large bulbous nose and was close to my size but looked like a baby. Its ears were sort of ragged and quite hairy as were its ginormous eyebrows. The feet on it were also larger than those of my half-brother and he's almost seven feet tall and has massive feet couldn't help myself. I wanted to join in. I mean, wouldn't you like to play catch with a troll and a giant? I know. Maybe not the smartest choice I've ever made. I cleared my throat and slowly stepped between the trees so they could see me. Mo stayed behind, growling low. Hi, I said softly. How are you? Okay, I suppose. Wanna play? the troll invited me to join in the game. I saw the giant and troll grin at one another, and I should have known better. I put my hands up to catch the ball. The troll brought his hand back and threw what I at first thought was a ball. Turns out, it wasn't. Of course. The stories for this episode are about stories. Both are Celtic tales, but although there are similarities, they are different in the tale and the telling. The first teller is Jennifer Armstrong, who hails from Maine, although you might think she was from some other place listening to her stories. Jennifer is not just a storyteller and writer with a couple of books and quite a few, nine, CDs out. As you will hear, she is also proficient at playing the fiddle, bagpipes and banjo, although the latter is not featured on her tale about stories and songs, called Bridget O'Malley.
2: was headed down the road to Sligo Fair, and it was a beautiful day. The sun was shining, the birds were singing, all the flowers were nodding their heads in the field either side of the road. But Bridget O'Malley, she wasn't paying any attention to any of this. No, she was daydreaming about what she'd find at the fair. Oh, there'd be grand things to see, and maybe she would buy a new shawl or some new ribbons for her hair. And what with all of her daydreaming, she didn't pay any attention to where she was going. And she took a wrong turnin'. There she was, a long way from Sligo Fair and night coming on. Well, as luck would have it, as she came around just the next bend in the road, there was a wee cottage with a warm light shining its welcome in the window. And Bridget said to herself, Maybe I could spend the night here, get a bite to eat, and go on to Sligo Fair tomorrow. So she went right up to the door, and she knocked. A woman answered the door and said, Bridget O'Malley, what brings you out here so far from home? And Bridget told her how she was heading out to Sligo Fair and took a wrong turning, and could she spend the night and maybe get a bite to eat and go on the next morning? Well, of course, Bridget, come on in, sit down, make yourself comfortable by the fire there. So Bridget did, and then the woman said, Now, Bridget, sing me a wee song while I'm getting the supper going. It will shorten the work, it will. Me? said Bridget. Sing? Well, I couldn't do that. I don't know any songs. You don't know any songs? Oh, now, Bridget, I tell you what. It'll be all right. Tell me a wee story. That will do just as well, and it will shorten the time it takes getting the supper going. For the second time, Bridget said, Me? Tell a story? Well, I couldn't do that. I don't know any stories. Ah, Bridget, you don't know any songs nor stories. I tell you what then. It'll be all right. Pull out the penny whistle, the harmonica, whatever you have in your back pocket. Give us a wee tune. That will do just as well, and it will shorten the time it takes getting the supper going. For the third time, Bridget said, Me? Play a tune? Well, I couldn't do that. I I don't play any instrument. Bridget O'Malley You come in here wanting a place to spend the night and a bite to eat, and you can't sing a song, tell a story, or play a tune. Be off with you then. And she showed Bridget out the door. There was Bridget, back out in the night. No place to go, nothing to eat. Well, she went around the back of the house where the well was, thought I'll get a drink of water anyway. Well, as she was lowering that bucket down in the well, A great wind sprang up out of nowhere. It picked Bridget up off the ground. It was whirling her away through the air, leaves and branches flying past her face till it thumped her down on a piece of lonely road. Bridget looked all about her. She didn't know where she was. She couldn't see a thing. She couldn't hear a thing. Well, but for one thing. She could hear a baby crying. This baby was crying louder than you've ever heard any baby cry in all your born days. Bridget thought, well, that would be me if I were any younger. And as she sat on listening to that baby crying, she got to thinking. Where there's a crying baby, there's bound to be a mother. And where there's a mother, there's bound to be a place to spend the night and a bite to eat. And Bridget picked herself up and made for the sound of the crying. Sure enough, she came upon another wee cottage. and She knocked at the door. And when the mother answered the door, she said, Oh, Bridget O'Malley, am I glad to see you, the best singer in all of Ireland. You can sing this baby to sleep and we'll all have some peace and quiet. Well, Bridget opened her mouth to say, Me? Sing? When what, to her amazement, what came out of her open mouth was the sweetest lullaby you ever did hear? Sleep, oh babe, for the red bee hums the silent twilight falls. Evil from the grey rock comes to wrap the world in thrall. Allianven, O my child, my joy, my love and heart's desire. The cricket sings you lullaby beside the dying fire. It was the sweetest scene you ever did see, the baby asleep in the cradle, the mother rocking in the rocking chair, and the kettle just comin' to boil on the hearth. Bridget O'Malley took a deep breath. When what do you suppose happened? That great wind came sweepin' up out of nowhere picked her up again, whirling her away through the air, leaves and branches flying past her face till it thumped her down on another piece of lonely road. Bridget looked all about her, didn't know where she was at all, couldn't hear a thing, couldn't see a thing. Well, except for one thing. She could see a great procession coming up the road toward her. Folks all dressed in black, carrying... A long black box. They came up to where she was sitting in the road. She could see it was a funeral procession. And they saw her. It's Bridget O'Malley, they cried. The best piper in all of Ireland. You can pipe our fallen comrade down to the grave as is proper. Well, Bridget began to say, but I don't, I don't. When they handed her a set of pipes. Well, what could she do? She tucked the bag up under her arm and she took a deep breath. (sighs) ¶¶ when she'd finished and she handed those pipes back, don't you know, that great wind came sweeping up out of nowhere, picked her up again, whirled her way through the air, leaves and branches flying past her face till it thumped her down on another piece of lonely road. Bridget looked all about her again, saw a great gathering of folks in the fields, They were all sitting there with their heads in their hands, sighing and moaning. Well, Bridget made her way over to them and said, What seems to be the trouble here? They looked up and they said, It's Bridget O'Malley, the best fiddle player in all of Ireland. Why, we can have our dance after all. And Bridget said, Well, hand me the fiddle. I'll see what I can do. She was learning, you see. So they handed her the fiddle, and Bridget lit in to the most merry tunes you ever did hear. ¶¶ When Bridget set the fiddle down, well, I guess you know what happened. That great wind came sweeping up out of nowhere, picked her up again, whirling her away through the air, leaves and branches flying past her face till it thumped her down. Right in the backyard of that very first house, why, the rope to the bucket was still in her hands went running up to the house shouting you'll never guess what happened to me you'll never guess what happened to me and that very first woman said well Bridget come in sit down by the fire tell me all about it and Bridget told her how the wind picked her up and thumped her down and she sang a lullaby and the wind picked her up and thumped her down and she played the pipes for a funeral And the wind picked her up and thumped her down. And she played the fiddle for a dance. And the wind picked her up and thumped her down. And here she was, back again. And the woman said, Well, Bridget, why didn't you tell me all that in the first place? Now supper is ready. And Bridget had a good supper. And a good night's sleep, too. And the next day she went on to Sligo Fair. And don't you know, She went right past the booth selling the shawls, didn't even look at the ribbons. No, Bridget O'Malley went straight for the fiddle maker, bought herself a fiddle, and learned to play it too. And from what I hear, she's traveling about with a tune to play, a song to sing, and a story to tell. And I'm hoping the same thing can be said for all of you listening here today.
1: Today's fairy tale sponsor is Prince Charming's Processing and Print House. For heirloom photographs your family will treasure forever and ever. Silver gelatin, bromide prints, C41 and E6 process is no problem for Prince Charming and his elves. Whether it's 35mm, medium format or 10x8 negatives, PC and his helpers do it all and their quick turnaround will impress any empress or emperor who has a deadline for a job. Don't let your film spoil, let Prince Charming do the toil. One day your prince will come, as used and preferred by Snow White Wildlife Photography. Today's patron spot will be brought to you by the goat from the hills and the mountains. Yay hey! So, Mr. Little Divides, he said his son liked the story about me, eh? Hmm, that ant was a pain in the butt, Diego, I have to tell you. Stay away from the ants, they got sharp little teeth, I tell you. Well, I hope you keep listening, Diego, and let us know if you find a story you want Rachel Ann or this Simon Dude to tell. They might be able to hook you up, you know. Be like Dylan and Diego and become a patron for as little as four dollars a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. what? You want to say something? Yes, you can become a patron by going to www.patreon.com forward/storystory podcast. Hey. All right, that's good. You can go now. What? What about the rest of the story you were telling? Okay, okay. So you are right. I should have known better. As soon as the ball was released, I realized it was not a ball, but a rock. That was the last I remember until I woke up in hospital. Mo was on my bed licking my face, which had a huge patch over my right eye. I was hoping it would be a pirate patch, but it wasn't. Maybe Rachel Anne will put a photo of it on a website for you to see. My eye was a mess. Mo had run off to get help, like Lassie does in the movies, but the two creatures had long gone. Next time I see giants and trolls, even baby giants and trolls, I will steer well clear of them and sneak away. No more playing catch with monsters for me. Mm-mm. I met Jane Dorfman for the first time earlier this year at Stone Soup Storytelling Festival in Woodruff, South Carolina. She is a gem of a person and a wonderful storyteller. In her tale, The Boy With No Story, she tells the story of how a young lad became a storyteller in his own right. It's a similar thing that happened to me. Jane Dorfman's Boy With No Story. This is
0: a Celtic story and it was called The Man Who Had No Story. There was once a young man, a poor young man, and the only work he could get was to cut rods, which are those thin little shoots from the bottom of a tree that people use to weave baskets. Problem was, he had cut all the shoots from all the trees around, and the only trees that he hadn't worked on were in a part of the wood that was known as the fairy wood, and no one dared go there. But the young man felt that he must, of necessity, So he went in and he cut rods and he'd got one bundle and another when a strange fog came up. The young man could not see the hand in front of his eyes. But far in the distance he saw a little light and it was a cottage and he made for it. And he knocked at the door and an old woman opened the door and said, come in, come in, come in out of this fog. And they gave him a bowl of porridge And they sat him down next to the fire, and when he'd eaten, the old woman and the old man who lived there with her said, Well, can you sing us a song? And the young man said, Oh, I have no voice for singing. Well, then surely you can tell us a story. No, I I have never been able to learn any of those stories of the Fenian heroes of the old days. Now, the woman and the man were a bit put out. For in those days, it was considered just basic politeness if you had been given hospitality to entertain with a story or a song. So the old woman said, Well, can you get us a bucket of water from the well? Yes, I can do that. And she gave him the two buckets. And though it was still foggy, she directed him to go down the hill and that he would find the well right there. And indeed he did. And he drew up the well water, and he poured it first into one bucket and then to the other. And he set those buckets down to let the water drip off the sides, a strange wind came up that whirled him head over heels and put him down, plop, in front of another cottage. And he went up to that door, and it was answered by a girl with curly dark hair who addressed him by name and said, Brian, come in, we're just starting the wake. And Brian came in, and indeed, there was the corpse laid out on the coffin on trestles, and there were people all around the walls, and he sat down next to the girl. And after a little while, one of the mourners said, "'Well, we must send into town for the fiddler to give us some music.' "'No,' said the girl with the curly hair. "'Brian here is the best fiddler in all Ireland.' "'No,' said Brian. "'I I have never learned,' she said. "'Ah, Brian.' And a fiddle was brought out and a bow, and Brian tucked it under his chin, and he began to play. He played rigs and geels. He played music he had never even heard before.' And when he was finished, all there said it was the best fiddle-playing they had ever heard. Now, said another man, we must be getting on with the wake. We must send into town for the priest. No, said the girl, Brian here is the best priest in all Ireland. No, said Brian, I'm not a priest. Yes, she said, investments were brought out. And a robe and the ribbon, the purple ribbon was draped around his neck. And Brian began to say the mass in Latin. And he said a few words about the dearly departed who he hadn't even known. And when he was done, the people all said it was the best preaching they had ever heard. Well, we must be getting the lid on. And they nailed the lid on the coffin, and the four pallbearers came forward, but there were three short men and one tall one. Oh, said another, we must send for the doctor to cut down the too tall one. No, said the girl, Brian here is the best doctor in all Ireland. No, said Brian, I'm not... And she leaned over and whispered in his ear, "'Brian, don't be making a liar of me. "'I know where they need a wet nurse down the road,' <gasps> said Brian. And tools were brought out, horrid little saws and scalpels and knives, and they were laid out, and the two tall pall barrel hopped up on the table and pulled up his pants leg. And Brian took up the little saw he could hardly bear to hold it, and he cut into the man's leg, and he cut down four inches more, and then jammed the foot on, and then he treated the other the same way. And the man rolled down his pants leg, leapt up, and picked up his end of the coffin, which was now perfectly level. And they led all the mourners out of the house, and down the hill to a strange graveyard, a stone wall with no gate. And they climbed over the wall and handed the coffin, and Brian was at the end of the line of mourners, and when he was just about to climb over the wall, The strange wind came back, picked him up, whirled him head over heels, and plopped him down back beside the well. He quickly picked up the well-water buckets, and the water was not even dry on the outside. And he went back up the hill, and the old woman opened the door, and she said, "'Well, Brian, do you have a story for us now?' And Brian told them the story of the strange wake and of the fiddle playing and of the saying of the mass and he even told them about the doctoring. And when he had finished, they agreed it was the best story they had ever heard. And the woman made him a fine meal and they put him to bed that night in their own bed covered with a soft eiderdown. Brian woke in the middle of the night feeling chilled and thought he must have kicked off the covers but when he sat up, He was back in the woods with his two bundles of rods right there and he quickly picked them up and he went back into town. But Brian never needed to cut rods again. He ate and dined and drank on that story for the rest of his days.
1: Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love. Find Jane Dorfman and Jennifer Armstrong on the internet and tell them that you heard them on the podcast. And now you want to hear them tell more stories or buy their merch from their website. You can find Rachel Anne and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Anne Harding, where you will find the visual candy from the fairy tale sponsor ads and other goodies me i'm on instagram at simon m brooks and on facebook and my website simon brooks the beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor is christina vincent the inspiration for the true fairy tale was my detached retina you can find more about that on my instagram feed check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or your favorite stories from your childhood who knows Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. If you would like to become a supporter for the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Go write a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after.
2: And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly and the moth
1: that got away.
2: If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from
0: the royal court.